Arsenal legends Paul Merson, John O'Shea and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin. It's an exclusive off-air event, so if you want to be there, get on to offtheball.com forward slash events. Just Eat, the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. The Women's Six Nation Show on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, a proud supporter of the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Yes, you're all very welcome along to the Women's Six Nations show here on Off The Ball. We're into the final weekend and what better way to end it than a Grand Slam decider when England face France on Saturday at 1pm in Twickenham and also this Saturday Ireland face Scotland in the final game. That's in Edinburgh at the Dam Health Stadium at 7.30pm. I'm delighted to be joined in studio by rugby writer with the Irish Independent, Keen Tracy. How's it going, Keen? Yeah, sure are you? Good. good. Not too bad, thanks. Great to have you here. You. And also on the line, we have a former Ireland international, Fiona Hayes. How's it going, Fiona? I'm good, Ashleen. I'm really good. Good, good to hear from you. So, Keen, we'll kick off with you. We haven't chatted through the Six Nations with you yet. What have you made so far of the, the whole campaign? From an Irish point of view? Yeah, you can kick us off with that. Well, I suppose, yeah. Like, where do you start? Um... There's no point in beating around the bush, is there? It's been bitterly disappointing. I think everyone knew coming into it that it was going to be really difficult, but I think the the issues like that we've seen were probably worse than what, what people imagined. And, you know, lots of that isn't necessarily down to the fault of the players. It's, you know, the issues that have gone on for the last few years. Um, off the pitch, and, like, even when I'm writing about it in the paper, I'm always sort of, you know, conscious of pointing that out because there are people who might listen to this show now who might read the paper who aren't aware of those issues but um, certainly in the last couple of weeks I've kind of you know decided like I did a piece a couple of weeks ago and I think that girls deserve to the respect of being kind of analysed in terms of what they're putting forward on the pitch Um, can't keep talking about you know what's gone on in the past well it's it's almost not fair on these girls that they're the ones who have to pay the price and publicly as well and that's been the big thing, you know. Greg Mike Williams has touched on it. Neve Briggs has touched on it. That you know, Ireland teams in the past have gone through really tough struggles, but it's been away from the glare of the the media. It's been, been away from the TV cameras and everything that comes with that. But it's a double edged sword. Like these girls now have to learn the, the the very very hard way. But if people like us aren't sitting here, you know, talking about it on a Six Nations designated show, or if we're not writing about it in the paper, then that's not doing justice to the women's game because as I'm sure we'll get into like you look at the attendances across the board like what's going to the crowd that's going to be in for the England-France game tomorrow and also for the Scotland game they're talking about a record crowd as well so the women's game is growing um, unfortunately Ireland have been left behind to a certain extent but from, in terms of what we've seen on the pitch um, look there's been a couple of bright sparks but like really and truly when you when you get into it there's been some really disappointing performances as well and I suppose the hope is that they can they can turn it around this weekend because I think it is a winnable game but um, you wouldn't be overly optimistic I think it's fair to say Yeah we'll definitely get into all of that as well but even from the point of view as a a rugby rider you obviously get into that sort of game if you're a fan first you know and it must be difficult at times when Ireland are having these results and performances to to constantly write about it and be I suppose yeah it's negative at times but because you have to be because you have to do your job yeah and that's the that's the big thing in all this like it goes back to the the respect point if we if I if we were writing and talking about this and not actually getting into the nitty gritty and talking about the 
the mistakes that we're seeing on the pitch we wouldn't be doing our job but we also wouldn't be fair to the players who are representing their country so they, they deserve that and I think they they respect that as well like obviously in any of the I don't even know want to use the word criticism but I would say analyst analysis sorry of what we're doing and what we're talking about none of it is personal and that applies to the men's game as well you know and some players you know down through the years could absolutely take you know offence to some things you say and that's fair enough but none of it is ever personal and I think um we owe it to the girls to, to analyse what we're seeing on the pitch. You know, there have been slight improvements. You know, we can get into it in terms of the England game. But I think internally as well, and I've no doubt that this is the case, and Fiona would probably have a better insight th- than me on this, but I would have no doubt that they demand better of themselves. It's OK against the likes of in England and France because, look, we accept that they're on another level but they did create opportunities in that Italy game in the France Mm. game as well that they just weren't able to take so you know these girls are putting in a huge amount of work off the pitch which obviously is going on you know we don't get to see that but the hours that they're putting in are professional hours now lots of them are on professional contracts I know they're not on big money but they're still putting in a hell of a lot of time that I think we should be seeing a little bit more than what we are in terms of cohesion and things like that so um that's what I mean in terms of you know being fair in terms of your your analysis so um, of course it's disappointing we'd love to be like writing about an Ireland team chasing a grand slam this weekend on the back of what the the men did and like that is a big focus now it has to be for the IRFU because the men's side of the house is absolutely flying it number one ranked team in the world beating New Zealand last year winning the grand slam like things could not be going better but like I said we're seeing how big the game is growing you look at the World Cup in New Zealand last year which obviously Ireland had to watch on from afar and you're seeing the likes of you know Scotland who obviously went to the World Cup instead of Ireland what that's done in terms of growing the game they're going to have a record crowd but also in terms of the cohesion that they've been able to build um, within the team so uh, look there's lots and lots and lots of issues and like I said I do think it's important to, to point them out but at some stage we should focus on what we're seeing for the 80 minutes on the pitch because um, the amount of work that the, the players and the, the coaches as well are putting in behind the scenes like they, they merit that I think mm-hmm. Yeah, no it is it's 100% important to point it out Fiona, you're in the world of punditry and analysis <laughs> and all of that stuff now but when you were back playing for Ireland did you read the stuff in the papers? Did you take note of it? No, I suppose, Ashley, when we were back playing, there wasn't very much in the papers, you know, um, uh, like the corner, if even anything. You, we'd often laugh about it now when we think about when we'd be trying to look if to see even if if there was anything written about us in the early days. And that was um, like 2013, I suppose, even after the, the Grand Slam, it still didn't kind of pick up. It was really after that World Cup year in 2014 that um, we started especially beating the, the All Blacks the women's team there that things started the Black Ferns that the media started to pick up on stuff like that but still wasn't kind of performance based Um, I look at it now and I'm almost jealous I think it's great for the girls obviously they'll have their own taking it but I think it's great that you know their line out has been analysed different areas of the game they're focusing people know players names you're not just talking about back rows because you're seeing it on the media so much you know they're they're named and you know there is there is a really good positive 
positive spin on what's not been a very positive year for the girls and you know I think Keane has hit the nail on the head I, I've gone into a bit of punditry and I think it was after the Italian or before the Italian game and I had said look I had a line could we like focus on the rugby and you know people didn't take that well because we know all the struggles that have gone in the background but I think it's come to the time now where they have to be fixed and that's fine but for these girls and their families if you're if you're if you're talking about it it's great for them to hear you talking about how they played their game you know what needs to improve what areas would other teams go after what areas will they go after in other teams and I think that's how the game has kind of come on so much is now that we're looking at it and the media especially focusing in on that in the last couple of weeks in particular I think yeah, that's a positive in itself. The 2013, Fiona couldn't really find it in the papers and now we, we're seeing it everywhere. We have the standalone show, you know. They're the positives that we can take from it. We'll look now at the, the Ireland-England game. It was 48-0 in the end, Fiona. How do you think the game went? I felt that, you know, Ireland, they fronted up at times. They They gave England a bit of a headache. Yeah, definitely. Look, you know, we talk about these players and I think this was one of the, the big physical games you know England will look at it as missed chances but I thought Ireland their scramble defence was much better I thought they came up in the line um, a lot now there were still a load of missed tackles and that's an area that the defence is going to have to look back at what systems they're playing I'm not seeing a clear system myself but in particular like heart aggression getting in the English face in the breakdown I saw like Derv Brittany all these players were going after it and really trying to slow down English balls so it came up massively for that. Um, Ireland didn't have much uh, ball inside in the 22, but when they did, um, Ashley, and it was kind of, it was line outs. They, they won a few penalties and kicked down the line. And unfortunately, our line out was not functional at all. So they have a chance going into Scotland in particular to fix that because if we can get that going, there's we haven't seen this backline in attack. We haven't seen them inside in the 22 really going at it. What we've seen is pick and goes, short pops from the forwards and it, eventually after a few phases, it almost breaks down. So I'm excited to see them fix that this week and let's really go attack Scotland because the efficiency and accuracy inside in that red zone, inside in that killer zone where you want to score definitely hasn't been up to scratch. Yeah, Keen, for you, what did you make of the game? The the missed tackles is a big one. It was a big one going into the game and the line out as well. What what is going on with the line out? It's something that really needs to be improved. Yeah, look, it's, to me it looks like uh, now to be fair they actually tried to change it up and they were trying to use Sam Monaghan a little bit more but in the previous game it was far too predictable. They were just trying to hit Nicola Friday um, on every ball. Now, Look, I don't. I, I would imagine if if I was putting myself in their shoes, what they're saying is they're trying to simplify it, but it's too easy for the opposition to read. So, um, I think they need to have more options in the lineout. Obviously, a lot of them have gone awry, and it's not all down to the hooker. But a couple of Neve Jones's throws, I think, as well as she's played um, in the open field, and I'm sure we'll get on to talk about her, like her her defence, and it was the same last year as well. The amount of dominant tackles that she puts in for a girl of her size as well, like she packs a serious, serious punch, but you got to get the, the nuts and bolts of your game right. And for any hooker, the bread and butter is the, the line-out throwing. So I think a few of her throws, um, 
have just been, you know, they've been crooked. They haven't just been on target. And these are the kind of um, things I mentioned earlier that I think the players will take responsibility on themselves that, you know, if I'm not performing my role to my best ability, then that's going to spread through the team. So I think the missed tackles has been, look, it's been really, really disappointing. I think there's been elements, and I agree with what Fiona is saying, there's at times where the defensive system look I don't know if it's the defensive system itself or if it's the the players within it are just a little bit unsure of their roles in it um, at times like girls not stepping up into the line uh, quick enough and things like that and allowing space on the edges has been really really costly we saw England go after that a few times um, last weekend so look they're, they're very fixable and unfortunately because you know a lot of these girls haven't had a huge amount of rugby particularly at this level yeah. you're going to have those kind of um mistakes in terms of like trying to build your rugby IP for want of a better term and when you're coming up against an England team who you know are just on another level you're going to unfortunately you're going to get exposed and um, as well as Ireland did and I agree with Fiona I think I don't think their heart and their character and their fight has been in question at all I mean you see it you see it every time Nicola Friday is put in front of the, the TV camera as captain of this team and I think we forget that she's not exactly the most hugely experienced player either like it's it's difficult like when you look around that dressing room it's different to when Fiona played because that Mm. dressing room was just full of leaders like absolutely full of leaders where you have players now at the moment are trying to learn on the job really so when you have loads of young players coming in all of a sudden if you've won I don't know 20, 30 caps all of, a, all of a sudden you're nearly a veteran you know so Linda Jugang is another another player who I think would fit into that category so it's difficult for them as well but when they're looking back on the reviews and they see the number of missed tackles, I think individuals will recognise that they just have to be better than that. Um, as much as you're learning on the job, this is international rugby and it's got to gotta be better. So um, against an England team and a France team, like I said, their attacks are so good that not that it's understandable or forgivable because it shouldn't be. And this is what I mean. We have to hold the, the team to certain standards because that's what they'll be doing themselves. But Mm. when you're talking about in Italy Wales and certainly in Scotland this weekend as good as Scotland are going to be you cannot have as many missed tackles as Ireland have had in, against the likes of France and England because if they do then they're going to cut them apart as well so you'd imagine they're all fixable issues it's just a little bit concerning that we're at the fifth game of the of the campaign and we're still not really seeing it I think the attack I agree again with Fiona they haven't had a huge amount of ball but I go back to the the Italy game and they created a a, you know, a several try scoring opportunities which they haven't done in most of the games and I think you know, there's been a lot made of the, the sevens players again and in, in, at times I feel like that's an easy out it's an easy excuse because if you had a Baving Parsons or an Amy Lee Murphy Crow on the wings it doesn't really matter if they're there because if the pack is getting beaten up up mm. front then it, you know, it makes no difference and that applies to like, the men's game at the top level it applies to any level what at all So, but in that game in particular I thought the the couple of chances that created they really lacked an out and out finisher to get yeah. them because I couldn't help but think that a Bavian Parsons or an Amy Lee Murphy Crow was going to finish those chances. But look, they're off doing their their thing with the sevens and good luck to them and fair play to them. Hopefully they get to the Olympics. But I'd like to see more from the back three. I think the centres, the the combination in midfield, it's good that um, we're seeing a bit of continuity now. But I think the balance in midfield has been a bit of an issue as well. Mm. So. Um, 
think they're lacking just that kind of killer instinct when they do put themselves in the positions but I guess it's easier said than done because they don't have the ball for a lot of the time and when they do put themselves into positions there seems like there's a little bit of panic when you just panic you, you just you just mm. require a bit of cool heads and that comes back to the leadership thing um, on the pitch like we've got a really young uh, 10 Dan O'Brien playing who looks like a really good player but we're almost expecting too much of her because you know crying. It's, it's similar enough to Ireland in terms of Johnny Sexton's backup. Like we're crying out for a ten since Nora Stapleton has retired, and it's it's almost yeah, it's unfair. I think the expectations you put on her, but she looks like she's going to be a quality player. But patience is is required. So um, you're just looking around in terms of the attack and where the leadership is coming from, and I think that's been a bit of an issue. Obviously, not I'm not out in the pitch. I can hear how vocal the players are being, but. I think at times the the communication could be better because I think similarly to the defensive structures when they're in attack it's just a little bit difficult to see what kind of shape they're trying to play mm-hmm. they're lacking runners off the ball I think a yep. really good example of that is um, like the, the, the Dervil and Nick Avard has been really good Like, and when I saw her going to number 8 I, I, I'll admit I did have a couple of concerns because she's not the biggest in the world but similar enough to Neve Jones because obviously she's been playing in the front row as well in at hooker but God like, like Neve Jones she packs a serious punch but when she does make line breaks there hasn't been an, like enough players supporting her in her shoulder and that to me kind of filters through to the you know the the lack of game understanding in terms yeah. of like being on your the awareness sure awareness well. exactly yeah. like so um but the fact that Ireland are making those breaks is really encouraging it's just about you know the coach is encouraging like whoever it may be uh, just to be on their shoulder to take more advantage because when they are putting themselves in tr- the try scoring opportunities or even line breaks they have to make the most of it because they're working too hard mm-hmm. to get them they have to be clinical like they have had a lot of possession at times and they just haven't got over as Keane said it's, it's probably not having those finishers but something with England they didn't need to look at times they, they knew where the players were the awareness was there you know with Ireland they haven't had the time I suppose and the experience with each other to fully have that understanding that you know I know they're going to be there I don't need to look you know you, you get that one more games played Fiona for you did you see any slights of, I suppose, improvements or what do you think they really need to, to look on going forward? I think especially they're going to have more ball um, this week, obviously, against Scotland. You know, England held on to the ball a lot. The, the possession wasn't great for Ireland at times. So I think an area I'd like to see a big improvement is is that second line of attack it, you know we, when they set up their system so if they're going off a rock or, or a set piece you can see they have a second line of attack and it, we know clearly there's a couple of dummy options on and it'll happen but if we go over that two phase mark or three phase mark I find Ireland are very slow to set up you know into a formation where where a defender can't understand where the ball is going I think we lose our shape after a couple of phases and it's something I've noticed especially in the English like Italy in particular but in England and a couple of times we've had attack even on turnover ball we just get very lateral so what Ireland have have tended to do is gone wide so it's hands and yes the space is wide but we haven't had nobody is holding any of that internal defence in so what I'd like to see them working on this week Ashley, is having that second line of attack and also their dummy runners 
actually looking like they're getting the ball to hold those defenders in. So we need a bit of more animation from them or even running a bit flatter on the gain line. Sometimes we're just passing. You have a dummy runner, but the world and their mother and everyone knows they're a dummy runner because you know they're not going to get the ball. So I think they need, I would imagine Greg and he's, especially in attack when they looked at it this week, will after a couple of phases, try and get their shape a little bit better than we've seen because their ball retention has been good at times, but it's it's actually penetrating that gain line and getting over the gain line. And I think by holding defences in, that's what's going to give our back three um, a little bit more. And I will say last week against England, I, thought, I, I really enjoyed some of our back three play. I thought they got involved a little bit more. You had Aoife Doyle coming around the blind, coming in on the other side and vice versa with Natasha Bean. So they've come into it a little bit. But the problem is we're not giving them the ball in space because we're not holding the defence. So I think they'll be clinical this year or this week if we can hold in the defence and give those girls a little bit space. Lauren Delaney as well, her footwork was was really good at times. They earned the few metres they got forward. But I think if we can sort that out that we'll actually give them space and we see them up and running and they'll be able to use their footwork maybe after they've gotten over that gain line. Yeah, and we'll definitely look at England as well in a little bit more detail when we preview their game against France this weekend. But for them, I suppose, they didn't play their best rugby, really keen. No, they they didn't. And I suppose that's the sort of the caveat to all of these conversations that we have around, you know, looking at from an Irish point of view. Um, I would say they'll be they would be disappointed racking up a big score like that, but they'll still picture that and see loads and loads of areas for improvement. I suppose, like... If maybe it was like, is it tricky for them coming over and there's really no expectation on Ireland to, to cause an upset at all? Perhaps complacency set in a bit, but I do think we have to give Ireland their credit. They they scrambled well. Um, they were better in defence. Um, I use that word kind of warily because like better in defence, but still conceding that amount of points and that amount of tries. Again, you don't want to be patronising to to the team either. Like so, um, yeah, I would think that they would picture that game and see lots and lots of areas for improvement. Um, their set piece kind of letting them down at times, um, and coming into like a Grand Slam decider, it's probably no better preparation really when you can when you think about. I know lots of people were talking about it potentially racking up a, a record score for for England last weekend, and if they did. Then they could be sailing into this game against France this weekend, um, maybe with a bit of kind of false pretenses. So I think the the manner of the win, obviously, they'll be delighted. They'll but it'll, they'll very much keep their feet on the ground because it's going to be a much much tougher test um, this weekend. But look, they've got so many quality players. I mean, I was over in Welford Road for the game that they played last year, and of course, like you're looking at it through green tinted glasses. But when you step back and look at it from a neutral point of view, um, Adding the team are remarkable to watch the rugby that they play. You look at the World Cup final um, last year against the the Black Ferns. Like that game was just top class in terms of the rugby that was on show. So um, while it might seem like Ireland are so far away from that, and again, let's make no mistake about it, they are. It shows you what can be achieved when you have the the proper structures in place, the proper investment that that's been made by the RFU. And you know, just Fiona mentioned a point earlier that she mentioned, you know, on one of the punditry gigs that she was doing, that you know people weren't too happy that you know you're focusing more on the rugby. 
and what every time we're talking about the rugby that it's not like we're ignoring the the issues that are at hand either but you know everyone like I think most people who have any passing interest in rugby uh, know the issues in terms of the IRFU being left behind compared to their compatriots but um, are there competitors I should say but what England have done shows what can be done but it's unfortunately it's going to take a, a long time to, to get there but if you start smaller and look at what Scotland and Wales have done and even Italy you know they've made drastic improvements in terms of the, the given uh, players' contracts isn't an automatic cure to, to mean that everything no. is okay in the world but what it does mean is that these girls are in training constantly. Um, I was actually looking at their schedule a couple of weeks ago, their their weekly schedule, and it's basically the same as the men's, you know, apart from a couple of tweaks. Like, that's the amount of work that they're putting in in terms of analysis, in terms of S&C, in terms of gym work, in terms of, you know, on-field work. So um, I'm not sure how much work they're going to get be able to get done on the pitch this week because I'd imagine there's a lot of sore bodies after playing that game last weekend. Um, and that's the thing that people forget about as well. But at least those girls who were on the contracts are able now to properly recover. I remember, was it Aoife McDermott last year uh, put up a picture that she was back in work on the Monday? I think it was actually after the England game. That's right. and obviously that tweet kind of blew up but that was a stark reminder of what these girls are going up against you know so at least now there's better structures in place there's a long long way to go but it's a start and mm-hmm. that's what I think everyone's been crying out for from for the last few years and of course you know you can criticise the IRFU for you know being left this far behind absolutely but things are being put in place now to rectify that so I think that needs to be acknowledged too so um, yeah like hopefully they can they can make amends but like I said I don't know how much they're going to work they're going to be getting done on the pitch I'd say a lot of it will be off the pitch recovery you know doing their video analysis so um, yeah we'll wait and see mm-hmm. Yeah and even just on the contracts like that is the case still for a lot of girls they're going to work the next day you know they all haven't taken the contract mm-hmm. so they're up for work on Monday morning or whatever it is just like normal um, they did become the first team in the Six Nations to prevent England from breaching that 50 point mark and I know a lot of people, as we mentioned, had said, you know, it could be a 100-point game. So that wasn't the case. Well, Fiona, you might take us through your team of the week. Oh, yeah. My hard task each yes, week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I'll start with uh, uh, front row. Number one, Lou said Leah Bartlett for Scotland did a huge win at the weekend, as we know. Um, I put Neve Jones in there. I, I, I'm sure the line-out throw wasn't great, but you have to just give her kudos for her dominant tackles and just making 79 tackles so far in the tournament, only missing one. It's huge. She has to be in there, even just her ability around the park. Asaya Kalafui um, is the French loose head. Now, she's actually not our tight head. She's not starting for France this week, but she brings such power coming off the, the bench, and I thought she was very good as well. The French scrum has been uber dominant throughout the whole every game they've played they'll really put it up to England in that area um, Jade Congle roberts I had her at number 8 at the start of the tournament and she's come back from injury and slipped into the second row for Scotland and was absolutely outstanding and got player of the game she's such ability with Harlequin she's played and she's such ability to find space and great in the open field really good player um, and Ireland will have to watch her next week Sarah Beckett in second row with England we saw what damage she done running at Ireland at the weekend um, I've gone with Sadia Kaboya at 6 for England thought she has really come 
come into this English team in this championship and in the loose in particular her footwork around the area she's getting herself heavily involved especially with um, back rows retiring she's nailing her spot on there um, Gail Hermé at seven was outstanding for France they fell asleep a little bit in the second half but in the first half in particular she ran the show especially line out time and got a try for herself as well um, Roman Menage another player who is on the bench for France this week I thought she might have started because she was outstanding at the weekend there she's she's kind of back on the back of injury but I think France have a plan and will bring these players on nice and early and um, Mo Hunt ran the show for England she's just a player with such ability she's my number nine this week Jessie Tremoulier, Um, how could you not pick her she was so good she's one of those classy tens we saw her um, her last game at home and the whole crowd were behind her she had an absolute super game she's, she fed off that French crowd and in turn has, is going to start for France against England this week um, Lorenz in one wing and Abby Dow on the other wing two absolute finishers and have been rocking it up when they've gotten ball in space their footwork has been huge to watch I've done a little cheeky one and I've picked two 12s um, but I'm sure one of them can play 13 if needed so Merle Smith it's my first time not having Vernier in my team of the week but Merle Smith from, Smith from Scotland was so so good in that Italian win she's just so straight her straight line running and ability to hold the defenders were brilliant and Tatiana Hurd I thought was very good against Ireland as well um, she really showed that she's she's getting more and more into this English squad and then to top it all off Chloe Rowley is back in again at full back for Scotland they had just such a win against Italy and their, their backs are up I had to put a few of them in there I thought their play all game was outstanding and they'll be delighted after last week yeah, some new faces in there, Fiona, but it's not an easy task, that's for sure. Keen, what did you make of the team? Yeah, I suppose the thing that jumps out at me is the amount of, like, and this sounds a bit obvious, but the amount of quality players, and this goes back to my point about how much the, the women's game is growing. Like, you have a serious amount of ballers in that team. You'd almost love to see them playing as a, a barbarians team or something <laughs> like that. But, um, yeah, I thought um, Ellie Kildun was very good for, for England last weekend, I have to say. I thought she was a major threat every time she got the got the ball. So, Fiona, why wasn't she in the team? <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, yeah. I had to go in Scotland. You know, there's yeah. always, there's too many English in the team every week. I only have to Scotland to go after their win I had to well that was, the, that was the other thing that jumped out to me the amount of Scots in the team which kind of underlines I suppose the threat the, <laughs> the threat, task we the have threat, the, yeah the, the, absolutely the task that that's at hand this weekend the amount of players and obviously Chloe Raleigh at full back like she was the one who broke Irish hearts mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago as well so Ireland don't need to be told twice about the, the kind of threat that she's going to pose on Saturday night yeah was there any close calls for you Fiona? Um, yeah, I suppose there was a couple in in the back row in particular. There was um, there was a you know like you want to include Dervnik Devard as well. She's such a huge game for Ireland, and she gets herself about the place. Um, but just with Menage, she she just came back in and was so good. So there was a there was a couple. I thought um, the the hooker for England done really well as well. Um, we normally wouldn't. She would normally start. So like I I thought it was a, a couple of close calls, but I went with this. Uh, I take I take when I think too much about it, I, I keep chopping and changing. So I went off the cuff this week and went with what I first thought. Well, fair play. We love it each and every week. So I'll take you through the fixtures then for the weekend. So obviously we have England, France, one o'clock in Twickenham on Saturday. 
Italy and Wales that's at half four that's in Italy that game and then of course Ireland Scotland at half seven on Saturday at the Dam Health Stadium in Edinburgh the Women's Six Nations show of Vodafone a proud supporter of the Irish women's rugby team we all belong to the team of us right we will look now at previewing Ireland against no we won't we'll do England France first off and then we'll go to to Ireland after that so 1pm on Saturday in Twickenham I'm excited for this one both obviously unbeaten so far are you looking forward to this one Fiona? Yeah, this is going to be the game of the tournament. You know, as we've said, and a lot of people have said, over 50,000 tickets sold. It just shows the level of rugby that we'll see on show. And I'll be honest with you, I think both teams will be disappointed with how they performed in their previous week. France had a win against Wales, but their second half, when it started to rain, they didn't handle the weather conditions at all. And I would imagine they'd be very disappointed in how that second half went. So so they'll be looking to improve on that. And then England, we know they've, they've verbalised that out loud. They've said that they didn't play their best rugby in that game against Ireland. So they'll, they'll know this is an absolute huge game for them. Um, it's funny, I, I thought Marty Packer might have been out of this game and that would have had huge consequences. I think England had the breakdown in particular and, and how they played the game, but she's made a, a Lazarus miraculous yeah. recovery and she's she's back in that starting team. So it, it's going to be an exceptionally physical. Um, both sets pieces have been good, except last week maybe England had a couple of um, mislifts and scrum time Ireland done well in holding England out as well. So I'm really looking forward to that battle of scrum time because the French are physically bigger and way more but England's technique is so so good and Sarah Byrne her scrummaging has just gotten better and better and I suppose what we have to look at as well both teams have held a few off and they've had a, a rest you know we know Bourdon was rested we know England rested a couple of players as well so there'll be absolute players out there good to go from the start of that game so it's going to be an absolute cracker yeah it absolutely will and just on Marley Packer and prop as well Hannah Botterman the boat limped off through injury and it looked quite bad that they might be out for a few games you would have thought but no they are confirmed that they're both going to start at Twickenham so that is great from an English point of view um, Keen, they're set to run out in front of more than 53,000 supporters you know it's a record number which says a lot about the game it's incredible like really if you were to get 53,000 people for, for any game it yeah. would be absolutely remarkable but Fiona's right it just shows the I suppose the game that, that people are expecting you'd imagine the French will travel in, in big numbers as well and yeah like I was watching when I was watching the game last weekend you know Marty Pack, Packer going off like what a player she is mm. by the way an absolute titan in the back row and Fiona's right like, you'd imagine the breakdown is going to be absolutely crucial to whoever wins but France have blown a bit hot and cold even you think back to their, their opening mm. game against Italy wasn't it they weren't great like by any means so they've kind of been been up and down but I think like because of the way the the competition is I don't even think it's almost uh, two tiered at the moment I think it's probably three you know it's gone to three yeah. tiers I think England and France realistically know that they need to have major off days for, for them not to be playing each other for a Grand Slam decider that's why they're playing each other last in terms of the, the tournament uh, organisers point of view I suppose the only surprise is that it's on so early in the day early. now you can't really I suppose complain they're still getting 53,000 people but I would have thought like if that game was on in the evening you know um that you, you you might even get a bigger crowd. I think it would deserve it in terms of being the the showpiece event because the the title is going to be wrapped up in 
the early part of the day and then you have two other games on yeah. who are just playing for places so a um, bit unusual from that sense but I wouldn't knock it in any way because clearly they've they've done something right if they're getting that many people in so um, yeah I'll be fascinated to to see how it goes I think England you know after losing the, the World Cup final last year as well like they, I think that the hurts that they're carrying from that they've dominated the, the Six Nations so um, I would find it I would struggle to see not struggle to see that's probably doing a disservice to France um, I think England will be hot favourites so particularly mm. at home as well I think the players will they'll recognise the the importance of playing at Twickenham in, in front of that many people as well and I think the English girls and, and to be fair lots of the most of the teams have done the same I think they really recognise the the growth of, of the game as well and the responsibility I guess that, that comes with it because to be fair England have been up there with world leaders in terms of growing the game we've just spoken about it in terms of the systems that they have in place and that goes for what's on the pitch and off the pitch because we spoke about kind of not really being able to identify Ireland's attacking structures when you watch this England team they're just brilliant to watch like I mentioned Eddie Kildun uh, last weekend like I mean getting her involved in the, in, in the play as much as possible like so um, Simon Middleton has obviously done a fantastic job there over the last few years so they're going to want to send him out in a high as well Yeah that's a, a good point like that adds a little bit mm. of an extra edge to it all as well that it is his last game obviously he's been there since 2015 Fiona and what a coach he's been for them yeah, huge. And I suppose his biggest thing was you, 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 he might have walked away, I suppose, if England won that World Cup. You never know. That could have been kind of, he would have been able to draw a line in the sand, but he's obviously stayed on for this year's Six Nations. And he's been like, even just watching him this year, um, he, he's changed. You know, everyone went, you know, your mall is good. You know, you've a good scrum. You know, you've a good set piece. But he's kind of changed thing up in games where he's gone to his backline a lot more. He's tried to change up that style. Um, although, be it in Six Nations competitions, it worked. And at times in the World Cup, it worked. But it shows the sign of a good coach. Even though you, at times, you know, you can maul a team up the pitch. I, I thought that with Aitchison, especially at 10, their demand more of their backline and we saw a lot more of their backline and with Scarred out and a lot of injured players I thought they've come up trumps as well they're showing a lot of innovativeness inside in those centre pairings when they've changed them up and and their back three just have been electric no matter who they were Abby Dow Claude McDonald I think they've all been in a team in my week um, at some stage so look he, he's a type of coach that has looked at things and is trying to change things even though he's leaving this year he didn't just leave his stamp and, and what he had got England excellent at playing he's changed it up and he hopes to leave them with a Six Nations title I suppose and in a a much better place playing rugby that's the I think the, the key to all of this like when Fiona kind of rattles off the players that England are missing and talking about France you know resting players last weekend with this in mind that, that's where the, the women's game is at at the moment that they have this incredible strength and depth and that's what every other team needs to aspire to like you know there's been conversations about Leinster the, the men's team over the last few weeks about you know their spending power and all this but it's it's up to everyone else to get to that level rather than trying to get everyone to drop down to that level so um, while England and France might be way out in their own in terms of the Six Nations we don't want them coming back to the pack we want the pack coming up to them because we want the game to to keep growing so um, it's remarkable really because like like I said Fiona's rattling off players that that aren't playing but England haven't really missed a beat you'd have to say okay that wasn't their best performance last weekend but the fact they're able to fit these different players in and out of different positions is a sign of the strength in them but also the sign of the coaching that they have and it's a really good point um, 
that Fiona made I'd imagine if they did win the World Cup Simon Middleton that, there, there's no better way to, to bow out of the game but um, and he's nothing left to prove in the Six Nations as a coach either so uh, the fact that he wanted to have another crack I think speaks volumes for it because it'd be nice for him to go out in a, a win you know it'll be very interesting to see what he does next as well I and mean, yeah. he's clearly built up an unbelievable reputation and um, yeah it'd be worth following to see, see where he goes Yeah it definitely will and something we haven't even mentioned not only is it 53,000 people and two of the best teams in the game going at it for a Grand Slam the Sugar Babes are playing at <laughs> half time maybe that's why the crowd is so big yeah. Yeah. you know all jokes aside it's great that they're you know they're putting on such a, a spectacle and they're they're putting money into it and it's obviously a brilliant day out and you know it'll only grow the game Fiona are you a fan of the Sugar Babes? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be a huge fan now but uh, I'd say after a couple of beers I'd dance a bit a few songs uh, anything goes then uh, anything goes yeah look I just I just think you know sometimes to get people in to watch you might have to invest in a little bit more and make it such a spectacle but once they start watching it especially games like this England and France I know that I've become addicted to rugby um, from a very young age just by watching it and and wanting to learn about it so I think to put the money in and make these big spectacles and have like obviously 53,000 fans there but even drawing more people to the game it'll just make it bigger and bigger and that's what needs to be done and hopefully people fall in love with the game and then it can just be a, a show then as it is yeah, and, grow from there, and that's not, that's not just in the women's game as well. It's worth it's worth pointing out that it's not yeah. a novelty factor. Like, let's get the sugar babes to play because was it like two weeks ago or last week? Uh, I think it was the Kaiser Chiefs played for the Harlequins uh, men's game. So, and actually, I remember a good few years ago, I went to a Premiership game as a fan. Um, it must have been Harlequins and Saracens, I'd imagine. I was on in Wembley, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to say busted. Maybe we're playing. Oh, or something. Nice. Like that. Nice. So, like, it's not just. I think it's important to to yeah. No comment on. The, the bus, the bus <laughs> thing is moving swiftly past that. But I think it's important to point out that you know some people could look at that and go, "Oh, the Sugar Babes are playing at the women's game." But this is something that the or if you have mm. done to try and push the game to try and get a few more bums on seats. So um, it's happening across the board. It's a great. Who, thing. who would we get at the Aviva? I suppose I know. The yeah, who would you have? Surely be which be They're number one for yeah. sure. Great coffee, Fiona. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, we'll quickly just look at uh, Ireland Scotland then seven thirty in the Dam Health Stadium in Edinburgh. So, Fiona, this is a massive opportunity for Ireland to, to get their win. Yeah, look, um, it's a huge opportunity. Scotland, obviously, are on a very positive high from their win against Italy. Um, they've looked at Ireland, they'll be looking at Ireland and, and thinking what areas they can attack. And, you know, they'll go after their, their mall was excellent against Italy. So I think it's, it's definitely an area they're going to focus on because we know Ireland's mall defence has been kind of good at times, but then at other times it's just split open. And their decision making in whether to go up in the line out or not to go up defensively has been kind of an Achilles heel for them as well but look I, I, I think it's a huge opportunity um, nobody really expects them to win there isn't a lot of pressure on um, to not finish with the wooden spoon you're probably looking at um, I, I think Italy will get some sort of point out of Wales but you're probably looking at you know four tries and beating Scotland by 32 points I think it's something like that so so they're not going to be looking at it as a case of finishing last but what is very important for this team is that they can finish on a win and build themselves up a little bit and it's continuously going forward then on from there the players I've seen throughout the championship I've seen 
the majority of them playing AIL or Premiership or or when I was coaching with Munster in in the Interpros, I know they have more in the tank. I know there is definitely a lot more in them in attack, and I'm just waiting for something to click. And they can get that attack going. And this, I, I think, really could be the game. If they get one try and it's 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 a nicely scored try, I think, other than TMO or, you know, powered over close to the line, I think that'll give them a little confidence boost. And they're lacking that confidence around that try line or that ability to, to let go and really attack inside the 22 because they're nervous of the errors. But I feel like if they get one try, we could possibly see two, three or four. Yeah, Kim. whatever the results at the weekend, it's important to sort of build that confidence at this point. Yeah, look, no, no player ever wants uh, to finish the Six Nations campaign with no points or no wins to their name. So I think they're, they will be feeling a little bit of pressure, I think, in that regard. They're all proud players. I mean, no, no matter what level you're playing at, you don't want to have that kind of record to your name. And also it has ramifications, obviously, for the WXV tournament that's going to take place later this year. And I know, you know, I've heard Fiona speaking about it over the last couple of weeks that like the reality is like that they could end up in WXV3 which would be as tough it would be maybe it's it's what they need to, to build from, from the ground up but if they were able to get a win th- this weekend it would be absolutely massive going forward and you know Fiona speaks about the attack and I totally agree with her but I just wonder if Ireland were to let's say to get a kickable penalty inside the the 22 should they take the points you know and just get points on the board because like that, that's obviously been a, a massive issue as well we can talk about them running in four tries if we want but I think even the psychological boost of getting points on the board particularly early would be absolutely massive we've seen how good of a kicker Dan O'Brien is so I think that's something that they they might focus on as well but um, look I, I think Fiona is right as well and she sees a lot more of these, these girls than I do particularly in, in the AIL there's definitely more within them and this goes back to the very first point that I made um, I think internally that they will expect a lot more of them because of, of themselves because they know they're they're better than, than, than they've shown really so um, what I'd like to see is yeah, more from the attack I mean Fiona touched on the wingers earlier Natasha Bean and Aoife Doyle I'd like to see them get involved in the play a little bit more um, we see it for Ireland Andy Farrell said he doesn't like his wingers to be tidy and, that, and you see that in James Lowe and Matt Hansen. they're constantly coming in off their wing looking to get on the ball looking to make things happen I'd love to see that from, from this team as well because like Aoife Doyle like was on the seventh circuit like not that long ago like she has a lot more to offer I think than what we're seeing um it's obviously an unchanged team I think that's encouraging because mm. they probably have lacked a little bit of continuity there's been chopping and changing I know injuries played a part in that but it's it's nice to see you know these combinations blossoming like you've got a player like Dorothy Wall now to come off the bench and you know she's a player when she broke onto the scene a couple of years ago like I was going wow what an athlete like we don't produce too many athletes like this um, in Ireland just the pure raw aggression of her and she probably hasn't kicked on if I'm being honest um, to the kind of levels I certainly thought and from people I was speaking to thought she was uh, capable of now she's still very 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 young but I think like she's the type of player that I think it's up to the coaches to try and get to get more out of her. Mm. So it's we spoke about England's strength and depth and France's strength and depth. To have a player like that to come off the bench, hopefully mm. against a tiring Scottish defence, could be important. But um, it all starts up front, really, doesn't it? The breakdown has got to be good. I think that the pillar defence has been a bit of an issue at times. They've got to watch for those breaks. Fiona touched on Jade Con- Conkel, like what she offers is huge. She's now playing in the second row. We mentioned Chloe Raleigh. We all know what she's capable of. Haven't seen what she did in Parma, but this. 
this Ireland team excuse me are more than capable as well like this isn't like when if we were talking about the England game we were all kind of you know this fear yeah. of dread this is mm. not there's nothing really to fear from this game and I was in Belfast last year when they beat this Scotland team so um, I know they've improved they went to the World Cup and that's been massive for their confidence in terms of them building cohesion but this isn't a game for Ireland to fear and I think if it sounds simple but if they can do the basics well like just stop missing so many tackles which sounds simple but like it's just the individual's responsibility they'll give themselves every chance because like I said this Scotland team they got their win last weekend but they're not the world beaters that like the likes of an England no, or France are. No, it's a real opportunity. We're very much looking forward to it at the weekend. Thanks for joining us today. So it's Ireland take on Scotland in Edinburgh at 7.30pm on Saturday with England and France battling it out for the Grand Slam at 1pm in Twickenham. My thanks to Fiona Hayes and Keen Tracy for joining me today and to all our contributors over the last few weeks. Also thanks to Stephen Kisby-Green on digital, Kieran Ken on vision mixing and our producer Catherine Murphy for keeping the show on the road we've enjoyed it and we hope you have too we'll see you next time the women's six nation show on off the ball with vodafone a proud supporter of the irish women's rugby team we all belong to the team of us